Hi, and welcome to the Unmasked Podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. This is our first podcast for 2018. Hey, Akira. Hey, Southern Cynic. Hey, girl. Hi. So, Southern Cynic, what, how are you starting off the New Year, ma'am? It's okay. Um, I'm coming down slowly from my last Jedi high. I've, I've seen it four times. I think I need to see it one more and I'll be okay. Getting ready for Black Panther. Yeah, I saw um, Last Jedi again last night and um, Hubs and I were surprised like the whole theater was sold out, um, which yay, keep making that money. So I saw it again last night, have my tickets for Black Panther um, for February 15th. I'm excited. So um, Akira, how many times have you seen The Last Jedi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl, I love how you put me on blast like that. I'm still going to see The Last Jedi. I'm the one living under the rock. Um, how are you not spoiled by now? Like, I, don't understand. I pretty much, I don't, it's all I guess I'm who you follow, but also how fast that scroll finger goes. So <laughs> if anybody is like, okay, let me just, you know, just, you know, keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. So I don't read anything. Um, so yeah, but I guess how, that's what out. is preventing you from seeing this movie? <laughs> <laughs> pure laziness right now I mean I go get home from work and I'm like pretty much when the weekend rolls around I'm just like I really don't want to go out or do anything but I'm promising y'all I gotta try to I, I'm gonna try to make an effort to see it this you know, week I mean, you know what the, the Last Jedi is a great date movie yes <laughs> I'm just saying Yes, you're just saying. I'm just saying. Set in mind. I'm just saying it would be great on a date, you know, in a new relationship. It's you know, an equalizer dinner, and then go see the Last Jedi or Last Jedi, and then go out for dessert. I'm just saying, girl, I have missed yo no shame. <laughs> <laughs> you must have me confused with Southern Cynic. <laughs> nah, both of y'all have y'all no shame moments. <laughs> well, we try. Mm-hmm. We do try. But you do have tickets to the Black Panther, correct? Yes. Yes, we have, we're making it a family affair, as it should be. You know, how else are you know, how else are you gonna how else, how else are you gonna celebrate the release of Black Panther? Just go out with your family. I wanna yeah. dress up too. I'm I do too. I, those vibes are coming. I'm like, I wanna dress up for this. I need, I want to make it like a fancy event and I'm mm-hmm. really disappointed that it's only like when Last Jedi came out, every single theater was, was Star Wars, like every theater was showing it. And when I was looking at um, the opening night of Black Panther, they have the IMAX theater and then just two standard theaters. So I think they are underestimating a little bit um and they're only doing two showings of black panther on thursday night so i think maybe they will add some more shows when um they see how quickly it's sold out so well i noticed that too when i was looking up tickets like um for february 5th, 15th um they're only doing two some of the theaters are only doing two showings and then um when i checked later on um for the weekend um that's when i saw more um openings so you know but like you say maybe i mean how could they i mean seriously how could you still be that sleep on the hype for black panther is all i'm saying maybe they aren't on black twitter (laughs) 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 that's the only thing i can think is they're not on black twitter but february um 15th is right around the corner it is basically a month away so i am super excited and i will be geared up for it. But um, one of the things that we did do to celebrate the new year on New Year's Day, we had a um, Mr. Robot Datbot rewatch via Rabbit, and we did a poll with the listeners and our Twitter followers to see which season we should rewatch. And we actually went full circle and we did a rewatch of season one. And I have to admit, it's been a minute since I watched season one. So it was it was so much fun to rewatch it after seeing all three seasons. It definitely made me look at um, season one through a new lens. 
um, knowing that Vera's coming back, knowing things that we know now about Terrell, about White Rose, about Angela's relationship with Price. Um, what was it like for you, Southern City? And I know you didn't get to see every episode because she was having life during the marathon, but what was it like for you, Southern Cynic, rewatching season one? Oh, I, I always enjoy going back, but um, just like you said, it's, it's interesting seeing it now after watching season three and, you know, knowing all the twists and turns that have come come to pass. But um, I, I want to say this is maybe my 10th rewatch of the first season I haven't watched the second season that many times but mm -hmm. I always enjoy it it's just you always see something new when you go through that first season it's it's brilliant I enjoy it so much what about you Akira I definitely agree with both of you that um after seeing all three seasons and going back to season one you do get to see season one through um different lenses a different perspective like one thing that we that all of us that were in the chat room know were noting that um that season one there especially after season three season one just seemed to have this sort of innocence about it um before all all the other players came into play and all the other plot details came into play um but yeah i i'm like southern cynic i've lost count on how many times i've rewatched season one um but yeah, it definitely gave you new perspective, new ways on looking at things. So it was fun. One of the things that struck me, because I haven't seen it in a while, is God, Rami acted his ass off in this season. Like the, the, the way that he portrayed the loneliness that Elliot feels, the, the conflict that Elliot's going through, just his ability to cry like it's almost like he's swallowing his tears but sobbing at the same time like some of those scenes oh god i was just like almost driven to tears watching him and just yeah. thinking he deserves every award i just want to crawl into the cry corner with him and hold him and tell him it's going to be okay yeah i think at one point you had been out of the chat and came back and i think i had just um said that I want to hold him in my lap and nurse him like a baby. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Our ideas of comfort are vastly different. That's because you haven't nursed a baby. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you've at least held a baby, right? Oh my God. I'm just like... Is she gonna tell him to latch on? What is this? <laughs> Girl. Um, oh yeah, I, I totally would. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, it's like he needs a mother. It's like he needs his mama. He needs, you know, when you're not his mama. Not his mama, but not his mama. He needs a, a he needs my mama. Okay, he needs my mama to just come and hold you. And you know when they pressed your pressed your head on their chest and just rub your back. And oh my god, it was too much. It was too much. God, he his he was really. I was deep in my feels, and I kept thinking that he kind of reminded me of the loneliness of Dom in season two, you know, we had that poll when we talked about who was the loneliest person. Um, gosh. And I was just thinking that I think Elliot and Dom would actually get along very well. They kind of, he was just reminding me of her so much when I was rewatching season one, that it will be interesting in season four, because I just feel like they're going to have to have more interactions because Dom is now working with the Dark Army. And we kind of saw our first glimpse of Elliot and Dom being able to work together if they have to in order to try to take down White Rose. So I'm interested that we might get to see more of them in season four. Is, is this a ship that people have been asking for? 
I'm not I've talking about no ship. Shipping, um, Dom and Darlene. So no one, people that are on that ship are not jumping off that one. They're, they're still holding out hope from what I've seen. Wow. <laughs> Oh, but, yeah, but, but what you mentioned with the um the partnership between Elliot and um Elliot and Dom, as I was thinking a few days ago, I kind of almost see Angela coming into that play as coming into that situation as well, because when we last saw her in season three, she was saying how she wanted retribution for um how White Rose basically played her like a fiddle and manipulated her in order to get what um she needed out of her. So, and we, and just knowing Dom, I mean, Dom, I just don't, I feel like she is going to find a way to use her position to still somehow fight the Dark Army and White Rose. So I feel like Angela probably would be an interesting addition to that, being that we know that Angela feels at her best when she has a cause to fight for. Mm -hmm. So that was just something that I was thinking about that may happen in season four, but who knows? Speaking of Angela, can we talk about Angela's glow up in season one? My God, I forgot how messy Angela was. Her style choices were so, it's just like immaturity and naivete at the beginning of the um, season. And you get to see, after she goes out with Shayla and Shayla basically, and I think at one point I said, Shayla really gave us Angela 2.0 when she gave her that pep talk in the bathroom. Um, and after that, we see a change in Angela. She makes the decision to put the CD in the um, computer. We see her working for Ecore, and already we see more of, season two Angela than the Angela we saw at the beginning of season one. What were you thinking about Angela's change throughout season one, Akira? Huh. Angela's change. Um, Angela, Angela's always been a character that I go to bat for when everybody is ready to just um, write her off completely. Um, especially, of course, the main reason being that, being that she had to be the one to ask what's a root kit. Um, but yeah, I saw that there was going to be something more to Angela's character um, around the third episode of, you know, some people were just with that scene with Ollie after Ollie confesses his, his messiness um, and just seeming like she was so willing to forgive him. And I was just, no, 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 no. Hold on. Remember, Mr. Robot is a show that we have to not only pay attention to what we see but we have to pay attention to what we don't see mm -hmm. um so I was like nah Angela's got something up her sleeve there so definitely with the next with the next episode after that we saw her putting the disc in her bag and um Ollie's um work badge work badge so we saw that she um had the idea to do it and definitely like you said I think that Shayla just gave her that extra push that she needed in order to go ahead and do it um but yeah, just watching Angela find a sense of purpose for herself because she had this, and at the start she had this want, this idea of what she thought what that she should be. Oh, this girl that's just um, gonna climb up the corporate ladder and do it, you know, the supposed right and clean way. And just as the season progressed, just getting schooled, I guess if you wanna have, if you wanna call it that, um, about the way that it really works that if you really want to get in this type of position this is the type of you know this is how you need to play the game um, but one thing that I always admired about Angela was the fact that she was able to um, able to somehow turn the tables on anyone that ever would underestimate her mm -hmm. and somehow get the one up on them in a way that only Angela can um, but yeah, but seeing those moments of Angela, it was just like, okay, yes, you know, you feel some sort of, you know, vindication and, and all the defenses that, you know, all the times that you're defending Angela, like, come on, people, just give her a chance. Um, so, so the yeah. scene, the scene with her and Price, um, where he's inviting her to come to the event after the, um, after the gentleman kills himself on air. 
and Price and Angela, or is it before? Price and Angela are just having this conversation and he's kind of giving her advice. And that Mm -hmm. definitely made me look at that differently, knowing that he's her father. Southern Cynic, did did you see that? Were you able to see that episode? Or do you remember which scene I'm talking about? Um, um, after she got her, oh, where he gave her the money to go get her new shoes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So did it feel knowing that he's her father? Did that feel fatherly to you when you rewatched it this time? I, I suppose it did, but I'm, I, I guess I'm still having moments looking back at certain scenes, struggling to wipe out the creepiness of Price and his interactions with Angela mm-hmm. as that you know, lecherous, nasty old man kind of feel that he had going on. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to clean that away and actually process it in my mind that that's her dad, you know. So I, I'm still struggling with that a little bit, I guess, because it's just so ingrained in me, my hate for him. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, I mean, I guess, yeah, you can see it as fatherly advice, but I still want to know, did he know at that point that that was his child. I'm still not 100% clear on that. I mean, I know they met White Rose <clears throat> basically presented her in front of him mm-hmm. um, when they were meeting to sign a contract for All Safe, but it's still not clear to me that he knew at that point that that was I his think he child. Did I think know. he knew. Because I think he did he, know. Yeah, because if you go back and um, watching the scene where he's basically breaking it all down to Angela and giving her the I am your father truth uh, truth bomb. Yeah, he definitely knew um, because remember um, Angela's mom told told him that she was pregnant with a child, but that child, but he was not going to have any input in that li- in, in the child's life at all. So he knew. And I think, well, the way that I kind of, the way that I watched it now um, after watching that scene and knowing what we know now, I kind of view their interactions from Price's point of view more so that he's a bit awkward and that there's an awkwardness in how mm-hmm. he's approaching it. Um, you know, cause this, you know, Angela is this, this girl that he's known as his child, but he's never had any interactions for reasons that we know. Um, so he's kind of just, you know, I guess there's that, I think that that's the one, those are the moments that we can see Price being a bit unsure of himself in terms of how to conduct himself, where at the same time he wants to, he needs to kind of keep that Philip Price facade going on, but also at the same time trying to open up to another human being and try to come across somewhat as human. So I think even that still, that is a bit awkward for him because, you know, again, he has this reputation of being Philip Price and everything. So I just kind of view it as awkwardness on his end in terms of him trying to somewhat get on Angela's level to relate to her and try to come across as a human being. Yeah, because we don't see him trying to be a human being with any other person in the series. Um, When you talk about awkward, it makes me think about that scene in season two when he's inviting Angela to his birthday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She says says unequivocally, no. No. Um, (laughs) Poor thing. Yeah, Yeah, I said it. He was trying to be, he was trying to be her daddy and she was like, no. Um, So that, that was interesting seeing in, I was actually talking to a girlfriend um, over went over winter, over Christmas when I was um, in Minneapolis, and she was talking. We were talking about Mr. Robot, and she was saying that she doesn't like any of the female characters in the show. Like, no, like I wish you guys could see Akira's face. <laughs> <laughs> Kira hardly ever, never has her camera on, but she does tonight. And when I said that, I wish you could see her face. <laughs> so, like she said, she doesn't like any of the female characters. She doesn't like Angela. She doesn't like Dom. She doesn't like Darlene. And I was like, how can you not like any of them? And she was just saying she just didn't like how they portrayed women um I really couldn't under I really couldn't understand it like I feel like this show does a really good job with having strong female characters 
but go ahead go ahead yes well I just wonder what what other shows is she watching that she enjoys the female characters in those shows like like a comparison like yeah I'm curious to know that I should have asked her that question I was just so taken aback when she said Uh, she doesn't like anybody like mm -hmm. how well I I should text her (laughs) They'd be like, can you break down this a little bit more deeply to me? Because I'm completely not understanding your thought process on this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, this is one show that definitely has some of the strongest female characters that I've ever seen portrayed on TV. And it just goes about it in so many different ways. Like it shows them having strength in their vulnerability. It shows them in scenes where they're not really reliant on men. Yes, I'm going to go ahead and say that because that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, like for Angela's character, for example, um, I remember reading some interviews um, that Portia Doubleday was giving and um, when she was auditioning for the role and basically the breakdown of the character was like, oh, she's Elliot's best friend, possible love interest there. And um, I actually like that the show for the most, I actually like that the show goes against that, that it's just, okay, no, she's, there's a lot more to her than just that. Mm -hmm. And just completely shies away from it, especially when we saw in the first episode of season three, where Elliot takes the plunge and kisses her and she just has to push him away. Um, But yeah, I I mean, how could you not, I'm, I'm shocked. I was too. She's still my friend. Yeah. <laughs> She's still gonna be my friend. But I'm gonna um, convince her to rewatch it. Watch some more. I just I don't know how my face would have reacted if I was in the room with her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I yeah, I, I have to control my face a lot of the time. <laughs> so I've been told because my facial expressions. I think we might all have that problem with our facial expression. Okay, so it's not just literally in my work eval. (laughs) Sometimes your face just (laughs) portrays a certain emotion and people don't know how to interpret it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, even, I mean, seriously though, I mean, I just don't see how you can't find anything about the women to like I mean even if you don't like every choice they make right I like them like one of the things I I was thinking about Darlene in season one is Darlene tries to come off as this really tough person but she's actually so sweet um I'm thinking of the scene with her and Trenton when she catches Trenton trying on her scarf and at first she's um, kind of teasing, being like calls Trenton a thief or something. But then a minute later, we see her give Trenton the scarf. And it's like, Darlene is such a little softy on the inside. So mm-hmm. it's like, these characters are nuanced. We see them grow. They have depths that we haven't even gotten to. They're written like people. They're written like people, so... Yeah, you know, so people uh, can have their opinions. I'll yeah. have mine. We'll have ours. But I mean, Sarah, Sarah, watch it again. I'm just gonna call yeah, your name out. Great, definitely brings up for a great debate. Just like, okay, let's just you know, just lay it all out there. What was it about them that you did not like? Was it like you said, maybe a choice that a character made, or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, cause, I mean, not only will I go to bat for Angela, I'll go to bat for all the female characters on this show. I would too. I would too. Yeah. There's like, I love them all. I mm-hmm. love them all. Speaking of female characters, let's talk about Shayla. Um, because this is the Shayla season and we have to talk about Shayla so we can talk about Vera. Um, one of the things that I had said in the chat was, what if Shayla was a plant by White Rose? to um kind of like leon is a babysitter and rami rami elliot didn't know it all 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing that. Elliot didn't even know that Leon was there for White Rose until the end. Maybe Shayla was part of White Rose's plan. What do you think about that, Southern Senate? I, uh, I don't know. I think if she was part of White Rose's plan, I would think that she wouldn't be as disposable as she was like she disposed she, of grant yeah but she she utilized grant over a good amount of time I don't, I don't feel like shayla was part of her plan i think shayla was just an anomaly in elliot's life this one good little thing that just popped up and through unfortunate circumstances she had to take her exit i don't feel like Bright Rose had anything to do with that. But then again, I, I mean, with that teaser at the end of season three, we see Vera coming back. So does that mean that he was working for the White Army? You know, and maybe he, maybe Shayla was just this thing attached to him, you know, through mm -hmm. their connection. I don't, I don't know. But no, I don't think Shayla was in cahoots to be there to work Elliot over. It doesn't seem like that. Not to me. Anyway. Yeah. What do you yeah, think, I, yeah, I gotta agree with Southern and Cynic there that I think that Shayla was there to um to allow Elliot to have a little bit of the thing that he wants, which is not necessarily to be normal, but to be able to connect. Um, even as he tells um Krista. Um, towards the end of the season one, he just tells her, I want a way out of loneliness. And I think that Shayla definitely was the closest thing that he had to achieving that. Mm -hmm. And um, then to just have that completely ripped, ripped away and shattered from his life. Um, yeah, because that was the only time that we ever got to see Elliot be, if you want to call it somewhat normal, but just him being able to just being able to get to see him to have like a glimpse of happiness in his life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of almost, cause I think the last time that he had that was um, moments with his dad before his dad up and died. Um, so, and again with Vera, I think, I think that Vera coming back into the show is I think gonna force Elliot to reckon with his feelings to reckon with all of it. The fact that Shayla died because of Elliot and everything. Um, Elliot broke, broke his promise to her and everything. So I, I mean, he, he really, I mean, you're, I like that you just said that because he really, we never really got to see him deal with the aftermath of that. Mm -hmm. um, just the feelings of that. Like we saw him break down when he saw her body, but when you talk about the fact that he's responsible for her death, ultimately he kind of is because Shayla would have never even met Vera, Vera, mm -hmm. if it wasn't for Elliot. Ultimately, right. he's the one, the reason that she even started interacting with him. Um, when you look at it ultimately, and that is something we haven't seen him deal with. So it would be interesting when he comes back to have you know him deal with those emotions but Vera's thought processes about Elliot and how Elliot fits into his life ugh, I just, I'm just very concerned about what the presence of Vera is going to ultimately do to Elliot whether or not he is part of the dark army because he kind of seems to think that he and Elliot have a connection. Mm -hmm. I do wonder where Vera's been all this time. What he has been up to. But like, did he still have access to all his money? Um, See, I, I would think that Elliot will burn all of that after seeing Shayla's, you know, being dead. Like, what reason would he have to give it back? I would have burnt it and made sure he was destitute you know because right. didn't he say that there was like some automatic process on his computer that if he didn't stop it from going every night it would take away all of vera's um uh, bank accounts and things right. so 
if he was in jail and he didn't have access to his computer because he didn't know he was going to jail. He just came home and the police were there. It seems like Vera would have lost all of his funding, all of his money. Well, also, I think that he probably... Well, remember in that scene um, after he vote, after he broke Vera out of jail, he ended up basically telling Elliot, you know, burn burn it all down to the ground. It doesn't really matter because mm-hmm. he found out that his brother, you know, he knew that his brother had turned on him and was selling him short and everything and basically plotting to have him killed while he was in jail. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so at that point, Vera was just like, you know, the money, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like my, like my empire, everything that I built for myself is gone. But you know, I'll, whatever, like I'll just go ahead and build it back up again. So, so. so is Vera back to take Elliot as a replacement for his brother to get his business going again? Ooh. Hmm. What would he because have, what would he have as a, as a carrot or a stick to make Elliot do that? <laughs> Yeah, you know. Yeah, because I don't. I mean, because he's he's took Shayla, so I really don't see what hold he would have over Elliot. But who knows? Well, the, in the, the writers are busy at work, though. So they know. He kind of knows about Darlene. He doesn't know Darlene is his sister, but that we know of. That we know of, but he does know that Darlene exists, and he did see Darlene standing outside of the um, apartment. I don't know if the, I wasn't paying attention to the guys who were with him. So I don't know if that same guy who was in the car with his brother was with that group of men. I, I didn't pay attention to that. So, I don't think he was. Mm. I'm just really nervous about that. Yeah, this is going to be a messy season coming up. Do we know when they're going to start filming? Because um, they filmed in the summer for season three. Right. So, I mean, if they keep up with the, if they keep up with the same schedule, probably of going to um, have the show air in the fall, then most likely that'll probably be the case. Um, but yes. Um, but so far there hasn't really been any detail, any dates as far as a, um, when when it's going to premiere, um, but yeah, even even with season three, we didn't really find out a premiere date until we got we started to get the first couple of teaser trailers. So yeah, yeah, I, but I mean, yeah, but it's just really kind of up in the air right now as far as I guess to when the when season four is going to air. Is it going to go back to try to air during the summer, or is it going to go back to air during, or is it going to stay? on air during the fall so it feels like the only way it could go back to the summer is if they gave us a really really long hiatus because i mean there's no way they could be ready for next summer which is you know a few months from now if they weren't already um filming yeah but i probably would imagine that they may try to keep it with the fall right now maybe um because the writers um they've been writing since They've been in the writer's room since um, December, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so they'll, I mean, it'll, yeah, so they'll probably maybe try to wrap it up maybe before the spring and then probably go into production maybe during the summer. That's assuming that they keep um, a fall air date time. So we shall see. I want to, I'm going to say something and I don't normally criticize the, the, the decisions of the powers that be for Mr. Robot. But I do think moving from the summer to the fall hurt the show. Um, Because in the summer, there's only so much competition um, for new things to watch. There's not quite as much. And with USA, I felt like they did a really bad job of leading into Mr. Robot when it was in the summer, usually it was suits and then it just rolled right into Mr. Robot. Um, so you might have had some suit watchers who would, you know, just keep watching and watch Mr. Robot because their numbers for season three were lower than they were for season two and season one. Um, because every week there was just some random movie 
before the show started or maybe an episode of Law and Order. So you didn't necessarily have um, the same viewers every week possibly rolling into Mr. Robot. And I also wonder if that hurt them with um, awards nominations. Um, so were because that maybe not as many people were watching because it was so much competition with fall shows and fall previews. It did feel like they got shut out of a lot of nominations as well. And I don't know if maybe that's because it was a fall show as opposed to a summer show. Also, the marketing seemed a, a little bit different this time around because if I remember correctly, in season one and season two, there was a lot of interactive kind of things going on. A lot of uh, live events, like, you know, like I think in season two, they had a, it was basically a day long Facebook live kind of thing um, that they had rolling across the different time zones. And this season, it just seems like they released two trailers and then the e-coin thing as the, as the season went along. I don't remember a whole lot of marketing for this season. Not yeah, I mean, yeah, if you were, yeah, if you were doing the, the e-perks like all three of us were, that was very exciting. Mm -hmm. um, but if you, if you hadn't done that, if you didn't sign up for that, I don't you know. know. Yeah, you, don't, you wouldn't know. Yeah, I just remember like the first season, I mean, I saw the pilot before they even really started ramping up all the marketing, but I remember distinctly sitting at home for like two days because they had this live, you know, Twitch thing going on and um, all this stuff pop popping up on Facebook. And it just seemed like a, a, like it was more interactive, more like they were reaching out more to people. But this season, it was just trailers. That's really all I remember is just the trailers. Because the e-coin thing was going on during the season. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't something that was hyped up before the show started. So it's like they... They were being quiet about it. Well, like also, it was just something for the fans, not something to bring new people into. Well, also with the, to go back on the awards thing, um, basically with every award show, they pretty much have um, um, their calendar where they set, um, each award show basically sets um, their eligibility period. So for some shows, like the Emmys, like the Emmys will basically have, the Emmys, the, from my understanding of what I've read, the whole season is in play as far as, um, you know, what could be up for nominations. Um, the Golden Globes, however, I think that, I think my, under, again, my understanding of it, because they, they usually change, each award show will sometimes change, they'll might, they may change one aspect of the rule every year. So my understanding with the Golden Globes, I think only the first three episodes were in play because of, um, you know, they were saying that, um, oh, the shows had to be, you know, the shows up for, up for consideration had to be, an, you know, had to have an air date within um, this certain time period. So I'm guessing with that, um, then I'm guessing that the episodes had to air, had to air pretty much within a certain time frame before the nominations were you know, before the deadline to submit nom for nominations and everything. So my understanding is not that many episodes were eligible or in play. Um, I'm s I went on the Directors Guild website also to see that information, um, but I couldn't really find anything concrete because that was another show that, um, well, another award show where Sam got shut out of that. That's the one that's really like, uh, you know, getting to me like how like about like come on like how could you shut him out of that one? Um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I want maybe, yeah, with the fall. I mean, I don't know that. It seems like yeah, the fall is kind of hurting them a little bit in that way. But also, I guess I want part of me also wonders maybe if like some viewers who were turned off a bit from season two. Um, maybe they haven't jumped back on or, you know, cause I've even seen some articles saying that, okay, if you fell asleep on Mr. Robot in season two, you need to get back on board for season three. So yeah, a lot of factors, but then also, but then also again, like you said, there weren't some shows that they're up against competition wise weren't around during the first season. So, you know, you've got shows like Handmaid's, 
um, Handmaid's Tale to compete with, uh, This Is Us to compete with. So it's just like, yeah, the you know the different um, pieces at play for award season. Yeah, and Wednesday nights are. I mean, there's a lot going on on Wednesday nights and and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, but at least fingers crossed still for the Emmys, because I know for the Emmys, the whole season is in play, is eligible. So mm-hmm. let's hope that, um, you know, fingers crossed that they pick up those nominations there, because, um, yeah, that seems to usually that's like the main one that, are, that everyone tends to talk about, like, give them all the Emmys in this. So if they well, don't those Emmys, I will, you know, nominations, it'll be very disappointing. But, you know, there's only so much. That only, you can do. only so much we can do, but one thing that we can do, there are the Sin Awards, and voting for the Sin Awards is open, and it's open until February, correct, Akira? February 19th, yes. February 19th, and our show has several nominations um, in several categories for the Sin Awards, so if you haven't voted, you can still vote, and you can vote as many times as you like you can go to um, the Synodiction Twitter account and vote for them. And it's underscore C-I-N-E and then the word addiction. And they have a link to vote for the Sin Awards. So um, we did, I did an interview with Jorge from the Sin Awards um, a few weeks ago. So yeah, vote as many times as you like. And those awards will be announced in February. So we always yeah. have that, and we do have some nice control over our show getting some acknowledgement through the Sin Awards. Yeah, definitely. It would be nice to see um, see Mr. Robot pick up some for that because um, taking I was taking a trip down memory lane with the Sin Awards and remembering how um, for the 2015 Sin Awards, uh, through all the hard work of everybody voting, we were able to get um, Rami Malek um, an award, a Sin Award. And also Mr. Robot for um, newcomer series. So. Yeah, and the the competition is very difficult because they're up with like Outlander, and those Outlander fans are, are a dedicated. Beast. <laughs> they are a beast. So I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was tweeting about um, one of my many tweets about Sin Awards. Um, someone was um, tweeted tweeted back saying, "Oh, you know, this should be a no brainer." And I'm thinking to myself. Have you tried to have you have you met the Outlander fans? They're they're one to reckon with here. Yeah. Have you have you guys even watched Outlander, Southern Cynic Akira? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna say I've watched all three seasons. I read the books in um when I was in high school and I follow their Twitter accounts and they are rabid. They're mm-hmm. rabid for this show. Um that book has been around like 20 years, that series of books. So their fans have been there for a long time and they're super excited that it's getting an adaptation. So yeah, they're very dedicated, but Hey, you know what? So are we. (laughs) So vote, 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 vote. And if you haven't voted, please vote, ask your friend to vote, ask your mama to vote. Um, If they have a finger, please let them vote. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, you know, it's been a minute since we've done a podcast shout out and I have to shout out, um, the thirst aid kit again. I did a shout out for these girls uh, like months ago, but the thirst aid kit is through, um, it's two women and they are just basically talking about actors that they are parched over kind of how we are about Grant Chang and we can't have a podcast where we're not talking about Mr. Grant Chang. Hey, what's up, buddy? We miss you. Um, Yeah, we love you. We're going to come see you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, but anyway, every episode they are talking, they have different themes so they had a theme about zaddies. You'll love that Southern Cynic. So they were talking about some zaddies. But their um, finale for the year was focused on Chris Evans. So they actually did an interview with Chris Evans. So if you are not listening to the Thirst Aid kit, you need to just listen to them just solely for their Chris Evans interview. 
because I listened to it and all I could do was grin the entire time because he is so humble. He is just so unassuming and so sweet. He is basically Captain America um, in real life. He has no idea what black Twitter is and that black women stand for him in his beard, Southern Senate. I wanted them yeah. to talk about the fact that his beard has a Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that account. <laughs> no, I d- and I remember your tweets to his beard. Hello, because I was on board there with yeah. you. The first ride is free. <laughs> the first ride is free. But there, you have to listen to it because Southern Cynic, you will appreciate, they were asking him about his beard and how does he care for his beard. And he was talking about beer lube. So um, you need to listen just to hear him talk about beer lubrication I, I started the podcast um and I didn't make it quite to the interview portion I got halfway through it so I have to finish it so thank you for that encouragement yes I'm gonna get right on it as soon as we're done please do because I listened to it at work and I did not do any work the whole time they were interviewing him and got mad when my phone rang during that interview <laughs> Because you probably had to start over again. I didn't have to start over, but I was just mad that they would deign interrupt. to interrupt me listening to Chris Evans be, uh, like, I legitimately think I'm in love with him. I mean, I, I think I tweeted the other day that I would respectfully ask him for a hug, you know, if that's what he wanted, because he's just such a nice guy. <laughs> my god he is like all of the memes of him laughing like have you seen all the pictures of him laughing with his hands crossed over his chest like he's a treasure he is like please don't ever let anything negative come out about chris evans because i think my whole world will be shaken he's going to be on broadway he talked about the fact that he's going to be doing a um show on broadway and he's playing a villain like a terrible person. And I think Akira, you know, I have um, my aversions to New York, but I would go. You better go. <laughs> I would go just to, like, I'm going to rewatch and write down the name of the show that he's going to be in so I can follow this, so I can carry my tail to New York and watch him on Broadway and also somehow um, stop Carrie Grant Chang and. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, like I'm gonna show up at Grant, I'm gonna show up at Grant's um, dance studio for his dance class. Although I cannot do jazz dancing, and then I'm gonna go see Chris. Like who is this thirsty black woman pressed up against the glass? (laughs) (laughs) Now you know Grant is gonna work you the most because you just used right there, like oh I can't dance. Yes, is that a promise that he's gonna work me the most because? Usually that's how it is. Like, I mean, that's how it is in the movies. You, you know, the girl will be like, I can't dance. Or the guy will be like, I can't dance. And I was like, yes, you can. As long like, as he's going to like manually manipulate my body into positions, <laughs> I can put on my leg warmers. Get your flash dance on. Oh, yes. I have on my thigh high um, wool socks right now. And so I can put those on with some, with a leotard and, <laughs> touch my toes and be manipulated by Grant Chang. Hello. Mm-hmm. But yes, I say put your aversion to New York aside and go. Okay. So I'm gonna live vicariously through you on that front. Like, okay, you're in New York and I'm not, you know. Yeah, but girl, you, you know you're gonna be back. Yes, I will. Yes, we're planning to go back um, December. Yeah, to get the Christmas feels in, in the city. In the city, 2018, December. Okay, I might have to come and meet you. Yes, let's make that happen. Let's make it happen. Let's make. And then Southern Cynic, we got to get you over to the East Coast, girl, and out the South. Yes, we should make it an unmasked. We should make an unmasked podcast meetup in New York, December. Let's make it happen. We got okay. Starting now, we got from now until then. Save Save your monies. Save your monies. I still would love for you both to come to Universal Fan Con because it's going to be like. 24 hours of foolishness. Oh, no. I'm so mad because they announced that they were going to have a lightsaber class. I know. Days. I was thinking about you. I'm go so bad. A three-day class. Like, oh, God, a three-day. Cool. Yes. I'm so jealous. 
so jealous. But, oh. you know, well, maybe, you know, next time they'll have it still. I mean, I'm pretty sure, because I'm pretty sure that's going to be a popular event at the con. So, well, you got to bring it back if, you know, you're going to have another one. Yes. And this is the first of many. And like, they, I mean, I've, this fan con is going to be around because in their Kickstarter, I've contributed to the Kickstarter. And um, one of the things that they gave us for um, being a part of that is that for every future year, you can get a free ticket because she oh. participated in the, the Kickstarter. So I was like, what? Mm, so that's, yeah, that's like an awesome perk. But yeah, um, so they have future cons on the horizon. All right, so yeah. So yeah. All, right, note to, all right, note to us to start saving for the next one too. Yeah, I don't know if they're all gonna be in Baltimore, but yeah, cool, cool, cool. So um, you guys have spent an hour with us. We appreciate your support. Um, you know, this is really, we've been in existence about six months, you guys. So we've had lots of changes. You know, we're up to about 300 Twitter followers, which is great when you started at zero. <laughs> and we have our Patreon account. So I'm gonna start working more with the Patreon. Um, with what we're doing over there. All of our podcasts are over there at our Patreon account, which you can see the link to that on our Twitter page. So if you need to catch up on all of the old episodes, they are right over there. I think we're going to start doing some more um, fun stuff with that coming up. So yeah. And if you haven't followed us on Twitter, please do. And you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Citaleen, at C-T-A-L-L-E-E-N. And Akira, tell them where they can find you and where they can find your website as well. Okay, they can find me on Twitter at HelloFriend, H-3-L-L-0-F-R-I-3-N-D-1. And you can find the website, www.HelloFriend, F-3-L-L-0-F-R-I-3-N-D.com. And you guys should definitely go over to her website because it is amazing and um southern cynic tell folks where they can find you you can find me on twitter at southern cynic you guys you have to follow southern cynic because her account is hilarious and if she really likes you she will invite you into the dms and shit is going down in the dms y'all so much it'll be in for a treat (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody thank you and good night